0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Music Therapy Show with Janice Lindstrom. I am Janice Lindstrom, the host and producer of this show. And today I have a guest, Amy Zinda, is with me. Hello, Amy. Hi. And uh we are doing our monthly mommy support group show. So uh how are things going? in your household today, Amy? Well, they're going pretty well. Um, My kids are at school, and because of all the snow, I'm feeling a little bit anxious about how the roads are going to be when I go pick them up, but other than that, all is well. Yeah, so we're in the Dallas-Texas area, and uh, we're getting a lot of snow, and all of the roads are all icy because it never got above the 20s today or overnight and today. And uh, it's just craziness outside, so I'm glad that we didn't have to leave the house today. But uh, Thank you. I hope everybody else is staying very safe. Um, if you would like to call in and join us for the discussion or ask questions, you can call six four six six five two eight five zero, or you can email me uh, by contacting me through my website at heartbeatmusictherapy.net and we will answer your questions. And uh, today we were going to talk about eating and food and nutrition and all of the table manners and all of those issues with parenting and that go around trying to feed our children. And uh, my kid is 18 months old, and he has been going through a stage uh, where he doesn't eat very much. And my mom says that that's normal for toddlers, that some days you'll wonder how they are continuing to live because they don't eat. (laughs) But other days they'll eat a lot. Yeah, that is totally normal for toddlers. They, I mean, they're turning into people. And just like us, some days we are hungrier than other days or we're in the mood for things that we might not have been on other days. And so toddlers are kind of going through that, but also they're going through this whole thing about independence. So they also want to decide on what they want to eat or if they want to eat or if they they don't want to eat. And it's like both appetite and also just like exercising their own free will and independence. So, yeah, it's very normal for toddlers to go through that. All right. My kid does this thing where if he has food in his mouth, And you have something else that he wants, then he gets the food in his mouth out onto the floor so that he can have this other thing, which really grosses this mama out a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, I understand that. And really, part of it is, like... We're not born understanding like good manners or good table manners or good eating manners, mm-hmm. or you know whatever we learn that, so like in his oh let me have some out of it oh, I'm sorry you know, I'm sure in his own mind, he's just you know thinking like that's a better option than what I've got, so I'm just gonna get rid of this and pick up that um. I felt like when he was an infant first learning to eat food, uh, it was a texture issue. Like, he didn't want to mix the textures of the two items at the same time. And that Uh, could very well be it. And it could be a habit by now, too. Right. it could have been a preference in the beginning for not wanting the textures to mix, and then it sort of became a habit for just dealing with different textures in food or Moving from this food to the next food, um, but it is something that even small kids you can start working on um, anything that is undesirable around eating so today he did this this new thing he likes he likes orange juice, and so we and it's kind of a new like for him and we water it down and, and all of that, but uh, he put it in a little sippy cup, and so he was exploring today what it felt like to take the water in or the orange juice into his mouth and then leave his mouth open so it could spill out down his chin and onto his shirt. So that was a, a fun experiment for him, <laughs> kind of a messy cleanup for me uh, and his dad. But... Uh, uh, my husband and I didn't really know or agree on how to manage that. So you said that even kids this age can start to learn the proper well, manners or table behaviors. And how do you teach that? Well, if, if kids do something at the table that you don't like, um, you can let them know and just, you know, say, you know, that's not, uh, you know, when we're have youth, we drink our juice. We don't let it spill out of our mouth. And when you do that, you let me know that you're finished with your juice. So when I see that, then I'm going to think you're finished and we're going to put the juice away. And so then over time, I mean, it won't be the next time probably, but over time if you take the cup away, um, I would give a warning. Like if he looks, mm-hmm. you know, is going to put it in his mouth, I would say, remember, when you spit your juice out, that lets me know you're finished. And I'll put your cup away. And then if he does that, you just put the cup away, get him down from wherever he is, if he's sitting at the table or whatever he's doing, um, and then let him go about his business and then give it the juice at the next opportunity, snack or whenever, and just give it another try. But let him know that when you do that, it lets me know you're finished and so we're going to put it away. And he'll learn eventually that that's not, uh, if he wants the juice, that's not what he's going to want to do. And so do we just tolerate the screaming for until it, it becomes something that he learns? Yes. That's actually because. the hardest part. So right. um, all of us, none of us like change. Most of us as adults right. have learned not to listen and scream when something in our world changes. The toddlers don't know that yet. They're learning that. And so you can expect to have some resistance to that. Um, the key is to be consistent, though. And not let that change your, uh, whatever your plan is. So, like, for this, for you guys, it's the juice. If it's the juice, then you just know you're going to have to tolerate some whining and crying and all of that. And over time, he's going to learn that you mean it and that these are the rules for drinking juice. And if he wants his juice, he'll drink it nicely. Um, another thing that happens a lot with, like, things like that with eating is a lot of times kids really are finished when they start playing with their food like things we don't like them to do with their food, throwing food, doing that sort right. of thing. And so when you see that, it really could be a cue. Probably not in this case because, like you said, it seems more like an experiment. But a lot of times when kids start doing those behaviors, it's really that they are finished. So just say, okay, you're done. Go play. Right. Um, and then then when the next time comes around for eating, they get another opportunity to practice. Right. The trick is letting the kid down to play, for me anyway. I feel like yeah. my son has really tired parents. <laughs> so I don't know if it's, <laughs> if it's because we're older or what, but uh, I just want him to stay in that high chair just a little bit longer so I can just sit and not have to face him. <laughs> then you know what you could do instead is give him like a crayon and a paper, um, and but take the food away and give right. him something else to do there in the high chair. Um, yeah, because I'm with you. I mean, if the, keeping him in the high chair seems to be working, I can totally get why you would not want him to get down. Uh, but maybe just let him know that the food convert is over and he can do something right. else now. Right there in the right. high chair. <laughs> and probably putting a crayon on the floor is not as upsetting as a food or a juice or whatever. So, you know, you can let right, that happen. Right. Cleaning the crayons up is, is less difficult usually. It requires less (laughs) mopping. Right. And, you know, I mean, for older kids, um, you can set them, I mean, you can set younger kids down and let them know in advance what your expectations are. Um, A toddler is probably not going to be able to understand a lot of expectations. So it may just be like, I expect food on the tray. That's probably good Mm -hmm. enough. Work on one thing at a time. If you have an older child, you can just say, you know, these are our expectations at dinner. You always want to put them in the positive part, so it's what you want to see the child do, not what you don't want to see them do. So you want them to keep their voice at this level during dinner. You want them to try the food that's offered to them. You want them, instead of refusing, you know what I mean? Instead of saying, don't throw your food on the floor, you would say, you know, I expect you to keep your food on the plate or on the high chair or whatever and then set whatever the guideline is and then let them know. For younger children, it's really letting them know um, that, you know, the cue is that you're finished when you do that behavior. For older kids, I mean, you can talk about a little bit, um, I mean, they just understand more. You can talk more about expectations, what you want to see happen, and possible consequences or what might not, you know, if you see the things that you don't want to see or if you don't see the things you want to see, what some consequences might be for that. Well, and neurologically that makes sense because if you state what you want the child to do instead of what you want the child not to do, typically our brains don't process the, the not. So right. if you hear, don't think about elephants, you're going to think about elephants. Be here, don't throw your food on the floor. You're going to hear, throw your food on the floor. <laughs> so it's best to tell the child what to do and not leave the vacuum uh, for them to make up what they're supposed to do. <laughs> right. It's a little more clear. Like, this is what I need you to do, or this is what I expect you to do, or this is what I want you to do. It's a little bit more clear and direct. Then they don't have to guess. Um, right. Or they don't have to try every other possible thing that you wouldn't want them to do. <laughs> right. You don't want me to throw it on the floor. How about in my hair? How's that? <laughs> Usually, can see on the floor. You don't say my hair. <laughs> <laughs> when you have older children um, and you're working on table manners or reducing picky eating or something like that, how do you manage that with older children? Well, they're kind of two different things. So picky eating... Um, is really about um, kind of about their preferences and what we allow and don't allow um, food-wise. So for picky eating at any age, um, you got to kind of have a plan that starts with limiting snacks um, because if kids are eating snacks a lot, then they may not actually even be hungry when the healthy food is provided. So like a step one would be... um, Limiting snacks, I I wouldn't say necessarily eliminating snacks because especially between lunchtime and when most families can do dinner, um, most kids can't make it that long. Um, So some kind of snack in between there is probably needed. And depending on how early a child eats breakfast, there may be a really long time between breakfast and lunch. So if that's the case, then they're probably going to need a snack. But it needs to be a small snack, not another meal because then again they may not be hungry when it comes to be mealtime. So that's kind of like a first step for picky eating. And then the second thing is for parents to understand that our job is to offer healthy options, and it's the child's job to decide what they're going to eat and how much of those options they're going to eat. So um, I think as parents we can get really hung up on worrying about the amount of food that our kid is taking in. And so when we offer healthy choices and our child doesn't want to eat those healthy choices, um, then we offer other things because we want to make sure that they get enough to eat. But really, our job is just to offer them the healthy foods that we want them to eat, and whatever those are. I mean, families have different ideas about what food they want to eat in their family, and that's up mm-hmm. to you know to, to decide. But they offer the choices, and then the child gets to choose how much of the of whatever's offered to them that they're going to eat. Um, for older kids, especially. Um, Like in my house, one of the expectations is that you're going to try your food. You'll try what's offered to you, even if it's something new or something that you haven't liked before. um, They try the food. Then if they don't like it, that's fine. They don't have to eat it. And I always offer something with the meal that I know they're going to like. I mean, a go-to is fruit. My kids love fruit. So if nothing else, we'll have a fruit for dessert, like as part of the meal, and Mm -hmm. they'll eat the fruit. That always happens. But also I try to have um, like a cheese. My kids are into daring. You know, a lot of times there will be a slice of cheese with the meal or whatever. That way I know they're more than likely going to eat that even if they didn't prefer the food. Um, and also right. kids, kids can take up to 16 times being introduced to something before they like it. Part of it is just exposure. And as adults we tend to give up after a few offerings partly because it's very frustrating to make a meal and people don't eat it. Um, but really just keep trying it. Um and it's not really an it's not really a thing of should. It's really a thing about like what do you want to get out of mealtime? I was thinking about this because my husband and I recently actually this has been an issue we've been working on in our home and I from a lot of friends and other people I know this is an issue. For them, they just don't enjoy mealtime with their kids because it's so stressful. And the kids don't eat what the parents prepare. And then they're screaming and running around and carrying on when mealtime happens and there's bartering and all these things that make it really kind of a dreadful experience. And my husband and I kind of thought it through and decided we don't want to be like that around mealtime anymore. And so we kind of put into some place And it takes a long time. So picky eating was the first thing. This was like, I mean, this has been going on for months now. So I kind of took on the picky eating. Um, Even over the summer is when I started the snack thing, like limiting the snacks. And talk about resistance. Oh, my goodness. My oldest daughter is not happy about, was not happy about that change at all. Right. Um, And so. But, again, it probably felt like, like. It probably felt like forever to uh, transition into where she was accepting that when we're going through that. But if you look back, it probably wasn't that long at all. No, it wasn't. But it is like, I mean, I could anticipate a meltdown every afternoon while I was trying to set a time for snack time instead of just giving snack whenever. So I decided we would have snack time at 2.30 not before then, and so, yeah, there was a lot of just, like, you know, begging and pleading and whining and all that until the 2.30 arrived, but over time, and like you said, it seems like it was a really long time, but really, like, within a few weeks, we had that part down. Um, it, and for me as a parent, I just think, like, being a parent has a lot of emotional stress involved with it, so I just take it one, like, small thing at a time. I don't try to tackle it all at once because I probably am only going to have the energy to deal with snack time <laughs> next two weeks. I don't want to deal with snack time and meal time and manners and all those things at the same time because I can only tolerate so much melting down every right. day. And, so, and keep my patience and me not melt down. <laughs> so, right. So we worked on that. um, and then, and you know, another part of that, too, that I found to be really helpful, and kids really, um, even young children can learn to anticipate. So I don't think we give little kids enough credit, even toddlers. They may not know exactly what we're saying, or they may not be able to communicate back to us exactly what we're saying. But giving the explanation, even for toddlers or young children, I mean, I tell and my oldest is four and a half, and my youngest is two. So the two-year-old is not at the same level as the four and a half year old about like going back and forth of understanding the reasons why, but I still explain to both of them you know what the expectations are and I also let I remind them, like at lunchtime, um, if they're not very hungry for the food that's available, I remind them that it'll be about three more hours before snack. And that's a long time. So they may want right. to think about them when they're stopping eating what's offered to them because it's just, you know, they may get hungry. And then, especially for the older one, when the meltdown occurs at 1 o'clock because she didn't eat very much lunch, again, I remind her, remember, we had a talk at lunch, but this was what was going to be available until snack time. You know, can you think of some things that you could do next time differently so you wouldn't be in this situation? Um, And she's very, by now, it doesn't take her long to say, I could just eat more lunch. Mm-hmm. You could and, uh, see one. <laughs> and so children under under five can understand those sorts of things. Those conversations. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And they can learn to anticipate. So even if like I mean your son isn't really talking a lot of words right now, so he may not um be able to vocalize that back to you. But he can learn to anticipate the routine of it. You know, like we have lunch now and then we're going to have a snack. But his body will sort of learn that it's going to be a little while. And you just keep reminding him with the words um, about it. And he will get in the groove. That's the good news. Kids actually Mm -hmm. really love routine. They really crave the structure in the routine. Um, So they will get in the groove eventually. They'll resist at first because ultimately what you're doing is you're changing the current routine, which may not feel like much of a routine, but you're changing what they're already doing. And so they'll resist that. But then once they realize this is the new routine, it's predictable, I know what's going to happen, they'll come around to it. And then it becomes part of your life. And my four-year-old every day reminds me around snack time. She can't tell the time on the clock yet, but she knows. Is it time for snack yet? We're getting to be around that time. And then I'll say, well, yes, we have 15 more minutes or whatever. Um, and now that that's the routine, she can accept that most of the time um, without well, a lot of melting. Down. I know that children like routine, and actually adults do too, but sometimes adults don't have good routines themselves. And, you know, I, I didn't have a child until I was 41, so I was pretty ingrained in being able to do whatever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to. And uh, how do you, um, I guess, break out of that type of thinking so that you can give your child the best uh, structure for for him or her? Well... I think the lack of routine has become our routine. Just like we were just talking about the kids, like there's a resistance period because you really are changing your routine. It just may not look like or, uh, what we would all consider a routine, but you probably do think, you know, everyone does things, even if it's not particularly structured, that becomes part of their habits and routines. So they're going to yes. feel a little bit of, of resistance toward that. Uh, I definitely sad. have resistance to needing to take care of somebody else when I just want to sit and drink coffee. So, yeah. Oh Me too. I know, me too. (laughs) Well, and you know what? So my motivation, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think parents should do a lot of things out of should. Like, I don't think you should develop a routine because I said that you should have breakfast, lunch, a snack, and dinner. Because you're not going to do that. No one's going to, I mean, if you don't want to do it, if it's not a, a reason to do it, the reason that I took on, the eating thing was because I was miserable with providing snacks 24-7. I was miserable with making food that people weren't eating. Um, and so to a point that I just wanted a change. So then, because I'm like you, I'm not particularly – I mean, I was older too. I was 34 and 36 when my kids were born, and I was in a, I was in a routine. I <laughs> got <never>. disrupted. <laughs> but I was just to the point that I was like, this is miserable. I don't want dinner to be like this anymore. So what do I have to do differently? And I'm motivated to do it differently because I, it's that important to me that we get mealtime back. Like I feel like it would have been held hostage by our kids and I wanted to get it back. So then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do what it takes to make that happen. So I think, right. like, I think as, as parents, don't take on things that don't matter that much to you because there are plenty of other things that probably do matter to you that you should spend your energy on because we all have limited energy. Like, you know. Um, yeah. And so if the eating thing is not a huge deal for you right now, then I wouldn't worry about it. Right. Um, I would worry about whatever it is that is a big deal for you right now. And there may come a time when the eating becomes a big deal for you and then you address it at that time. <laughs> right, um, right. Right. <laughs> you know what i mean cuz nobody i mean even as adults i mean we know what we're supposed to do for a healthy lifestyle and we don't all do it until we get motivated to do it you know what i mean so i don't think it's worth it to try to make yourself uh be a certain kind of parent or like this is how it has to be unless it's how you want your family to be um right. and then i think anybody's a little bit more motivated when it's what they really want to see happen to make it happen so but some suggestions are really um just take it a little bit at a time don't try to completely change your whole eating dynamic in one week um because it's going to be hard for you too and also don't pick a change that you don't really want to do right because when you did the mommy thing last month i was talking to you a little bit about the eating and stuff and i had read a thing about planning out your breakfast every morning so that you eat the same thing every Monday morning, every Tuesday morning, every Wednesday morning. That way you don't have to think about it, and then your kids can anticipate it. And I thought that sounds like a great idea. Except it turns out I only want to eat, like, three things for breakfast. So I don't want to eat different things every morning. I just want to have a simple breakfast every day, like three things that I can choose from every day. Then it's like, well, then why in the world am I going to go through all this effort? That's only totally actually going to make it harder for me. <laughs> I'm happy with breakfast. I'm not going to want to breakfast. Yeah. I discovered that sort of thing, too, when I was trying to figure out what, like, because my mornings, for example, were not working well for me for a long time and I always felt behind and wasn't prepared for my day, and I was just very frustrated. And so I set up uh, an elaborate list of things that I thought should be done and the times that I thought they should be done. And that, of course, failed, as you probably could have guessed. But then I just started writing down what do I do in the morning. I just took note of what are the things that I do, and in the order that I did them, and then just having something to follow instead of having to recreate that those steps in my head every day helped. So I was, I was doing those things anyway, but it wasn't with intention. And I was having to remember, okay, so what do I need to do next every day? So if I just wrote down that first I go turn on the coffee pot and then I get my baby up and change him and then I, <laughs> I let him play on the floor while I drink coffee, uh, just writing that down in that order reminded me that, okay, I don't have to go do the laundry right now. I can. This is when I sit and drink my coffee. And uh, it helped me to remember, or it helped me actually to not have to remember my list of things to do in my head. Yeah. Just by writing and down what I now. already feel. Yeah. And yeah. then I could look <laughs> at it and see which things I needed to change or, or tweak Based on changing lifestyles and such, you know that's a really good like way of making lots of different. And the eating can be one of those things too, where mm-hmm. um, especially if you're trying to change like the uh, what it is that your child is eating, you know, take stock of what they already do eat. My girls love yogurt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. At breakfast, if they want a yogurt, they can have a yogurt. And then at least they know they got a protein in the morning. So, like, if Mm -hmm. they refuse whatever you made for lunch, if they refuse to eat whatever it is, it's like the main part of dinner if they taste it and they don't like it. Well, you know what? I know they like yogurt, and they had a yogurt for breakfast. So, you know, know, for a parent's mind, at least you can be like, well, they're getting something. (laughs) It's not like they're getting nothing, but fruit all day long. Um, so, yeah, even, like, just being aware. And if they like certain things that you, like, most kids will eat, like, chicken nuggets or, you know, um, macaroni and cheese or whatever. Um, and a lot of times, you know, as parents were trying to broaden those horizons, like, it would be nice if my kids didn't just eat hot dogs, macaroni and cheese, and chicken nuggets. But you can think about foods that might be similar that your family already eats, like, in the summertime we do a lot of grilling and we'll make like barbecue chicken legs and sausage, like um smoked sausage. Well smoked sausage is a lot like a hot dog. But it's not a hot dog. And so by making sure we add that when we do other things, then I know you know, if we're grilling anyway, if I throw a smoked sausage out there, then my kids like that and they'll eat it. So then um, they'll try they're more likely to try the other things too. I guess, because it's all kind of part of it. So just kind of being aware and thinking about other things that are kind of similar and then maybe, you know, offer those and try to help them. And like I said, I mean, you can't make another person eat a food. So you just offer it. Um, We have an expectation that you try it. And it's actually very funny because this has been going on for, like I said, since about the summer. And we uh, were with some of our friends, and I was making the plates for the kids. And uh, one of the children, uh, one of my friends' children, was saying he didn't want to eat that because he had never had it before. Which that makes sense. And my daughter said to him, "My mom is just offering it to you. You can taste it, and you don't have <laughs> to eat it." <laughs> like what you it? How nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other thing is there's no – I don't have any judgment or negative comments if they say they don't want to eat it and then they try it and they decide they like it. I don't really react positively or negatively. So I just say, oh, okay, would you like some more? Um, It's not like, well, I told you you would like it if you just would try it or, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy you like it. Then that's a little bit more about me and not about them eating the food. So – it's just like, Oh, okay. Would you like some more of it? Very matter of fact. That way, it does. It's about Correct. them. Whether it, it's about them and their powerful to to eat what they want to eat.
1: And, and you're not. I trust at
0: a big emotional struggle. Right. Right. Because really, food can become one of those topics that becomes a big power struggle. Yeah. Um, and bartering and. You know, if you eat these things, then I'll give you these things, and that just becomes really stressful. So for me, in my view, like that is not somewhere I wanted to be. So for me, it was like I got to take this off of me and make it about them eating nutritious food. The other thing is we talk about nutritious food. I mean, we talk about things like energy, like uh, if, uh, like if the weather's nice and we're going to go to the park. Um, you know, I might remind them, at breakfast time, you know, we're going to go to the park and that's going to take up a lot of your energy. So, um, you know, you might be hungry for a little bit more breakfast today because you're really going to be working hard and playing hard. Because also I found that sometimes it's, my kids get so over hungry if we've done like a really strenuous activity and that leads to a meltdown. So I just sort of prepare them in advance for that. <laughs> By the way, what's going to happen today. And a little bit of it makes them feel like they're in charge of their own body and taking good care of their bodies. Uh, Right. Well, then they start looking at food as fuel instead of as something for fun or comfort or something like that, which is what food is. Right. Way to go, mom! I know. Sometimes I do things well. (laughs) <laughs> every now and then every now and then I do something and you know what's funny it's like you have these little moments like I was just telling the story of my friend's child and my daughter saying that to him and it does feel like oh my gosh all that h- hard work is paying off Like <laughs> <laughs> <He's> getting <laughs> all the meltdowns all of it and also we've we actually started having some real peace at dinner time oh. uh, which is has been really nice because that was thing is, you know, I think as a family you also make plans. Like you were saying, you and your husband didn't know together. You didn't necessarily agree on how to deal with the orange juice situation. Um, Right. My husband and I had to talk about, like, what is it that we want to see at mealtime? Because he's a lot more into the manners piece. Like, he doesn't want to see – he doesn't want them to get too loud. It's really loud in our kitchen. I get that. Mm-hmm. Like if they're getting really loud, it's hard to enjoy your meal. Um, you know, he's 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 a little bit more into that. So it's like, well, let's work on those things too, because we should all enjoy dinner. That's I mean mm-hmm. really that's that's the that's how we went into it. We should all be enjoying this. And so, you know, if you're a single parent, you and your kids can make a decision about how you want dinner to go. Um I read an article or something, a blog, a mom who really likes it to be a little bit more formal at dinner, Um, but her kids really wanted to, like, eat with their hands and, you know, they didn't want it to be so formal. So one night a week they have a meal where it's, like, finger food to accommodate the kids' dinner. And then the other night's mom has a little bit more, you know, silverware, forks and knives, like a little more Mm serious in the dinner. Obviously, a little bit older children. But, you know, it's like it should be enjoyable for everyone. (laughs) So what can we do uh, to make it an enjoyable experience for everyone? And uh, we all, I mean, the other expectations besides, you know, trying whatever it is that's offered to you, uh, once mommy and daddy sit down, like we're not getting up until we're ready to. So my kids have gotten really good at reminding me beforehand. Because, you know, like I'll ask beforehand, do they need anything else? The youngest one is two. She's not she's not quite all the way there yet. But the oldest one's pretty good. If I sit down and then she decides she needs something else, she'll just kind of let me know that whenever I get up, she'll be ready for me to get her another whatever it is. Um, so that was a big deal for me. I felt like as a mom I was just up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. Um, we, we we talked about the volume level and that we're there to focus on eating and conversation. So. So when they start cutting up or bugging each other or whatever, it's like, wait a minute, what is it that we're supposed to be focusing on right now? And the oldest one will remember. Oh, yeah. The meal. Like, yes, that's what we're supposed to be focusing on right now. I like it. (laughs) I mean, those are the pretty simple things. Like, we don't have a whole list of rules. It's just, like, this is how we want dinner to be. This is the picture. So my husband and I thought about what it would take to get there, and so those were our expectations. We sat the girls down. We told them these were our expectations. Uh, We let them know, like what I said, that if they don't do those things, we're going to consider them finished with their dinner, and we'll take their, you know, get their food up and all that. Um, And also as a sign of, like, showing them that I – Believe that they're grown up enough for this task. Um, I've started serving them on real plates oh, instead nice. of their little plastic plates at dinner time. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was another way that we thought of to signal to them that I trust that you're responsible enough to act more grown up at dinner. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, those tricks help. I think it will help you most. We have come to the end of the show already. All the fun ones yeah. go by really quickly. Well, fun. So, thank you so much for calling in today. And uh, hopefully next time we do this, we'll get sued in person again. That's always fun. I hope so, too. Yeah. All right. Have a lovely afternoon. And thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. If you have any questions that you'd like us to address on these episodes, call in when they're on the air, 646 652 2850, or you can email me through my website at heartbeatmusictherapy.net. Have a lovely afternoon, everyone, and we will talk again soon. Oh, next week, next Friday, Megan Masca is going to join me again for Journal Globe for the latest. Journal of Music Therapy. Have a great week, and we'll talk soon.